0: Good morning. Let's pray. Holy One, empty us of anything that's keeping us from you this morning, and fill us with your love and your grace and your word for us. We pray in the strong name of Christ Jesus, your Son. Amen. Amen. So as you know, we are in the middle of a pretty overwhelming construction uh, project here at Montview. Three major spaces, the original sanctuary, the second sanctuary, which we call the Miller Center, and the commons, just to my right, are all being completely renovated. And in addition, we're making... Some much-needed upgrades to the electrical systems and the plumbing and the HVAC uh, components and windows, lots of windows, all around this historic campus. It is the culmination of years of dreaming and planning and designing and fundraising and now constructing. And when it's all done, God willing, by the middle of January... This project and the dust from this project will have touched almost every space in this church. So, Clover and I thought we would spend the next few weeks offering a sermon series that we're going to call Creating Space for Church. While we are literally creating space for church six days a week, the next few Sundays we will reflect on why we are creating these spaces. And why it's important for all of us to create space in our lives for church. And for this first sermon, I got to thinking about the importance of space itself. The the gift of spaciousness. Literally, figuratively, and theologically. In the mystical branch of Judaism called Kabbalah, There is a beautiful idea with a very funny name. It's called Tzimtzum, T-Z-I-M-T-Z-U-M. And the basic principle of Tzimtzum is that at the beginning of time, when there was only God, there was no space that was not filled with God. And so when God decided to create the world, the universe, life as we know it, the first thing God did was to contract. That's what simsum means, to contract. God withdrew some of God's self to make space for creation. We might think of it as an act of holy hospitality, like clearing out a closet or a shelf in your medicine cabinet when someone comes over. Which is first, I think, says something about the graciousness of God. And second, may say something about the value of not filling up every corner of everything, even with something as wonderful as God. In this world where our lives can so easily be filled up, even with good things, the wisdom of our faith says to leave a little room. In a world of constant motion, church can be a place where we pause. In a world that is constantly talking, church can be a place that reminds us of the value of silence. in a world that is flooding us with information. Church can be a place where we just sit in the mystery and we are okay with not knowing the answer. Church can also be a place where we learn to honor the empty spaces in our hearts, in our lives, the losses, the holes, the things that didn't work out the way we hoped they would. And most profoundly, church can be the place where we learn that making space for ourselves and for others is an act of love. In her recent interview with Krista Tippett, the African-American Zen priest... Angel Kyoto Williams says this Love is space. It is developing our own capacity for spaciousness within ourselves to allow others to be as they are. That is love. And that doesn't mean that we don't have hopes or wishes that things are changed or shifted but it means that to come from a place of love is to be in acceptance of what is, even in the face of moving it towards something that is more whole, more just, or more spacious for all of us." End quote. I suspect we all know the gift it is when someone shows up for us with spacious presence, when someone just lets us be who we are, when they contract their expectations of us and just love us. You parents know how hard this can be to do for your very own children. We want so much for them, we, we worry so much for them. And it's easy for our hopes and dreams for who they could become to keep us from seeing and enjoying the people they've already become. I find it so much easier to offer spacious presence to someone else's children. (laughs) I give them all the space they need. I, I appreciate them. I admire what they can do. I accept what they can't yet do. So I have been experimenting with pretending that my own kids belong to the neighbors. (laughs) And I stand in the kitchen and I talk to them as if they had just stopped by for the afternoon. And in those moments, when I pull back my projections and my worries, when I am able to contract my postulations and my implications and my need to make suggestions, and just meet them in the present moment, I can see that they can see that I'm really seeing them. And I see them relax. And I see them enjoying the fact that I am enjoying them. And isn't this true for all of us? Isn't what we most deeply want is just for people to accept who we are, to see who we are, to honor who we are, and maybe to give us the gift of seeing our beauty and our gifts, reflecting them back to us because we have such trouble seeing them in ourselves. When Jesus says to love your neighbor, we immediately are filled with a to-do list of obligations and acts of service, things we should do, when really most of that work is internal. Loving our neighbor is mostly about cultivating within ourselves the ability to hold others with spaciousness and love. When we do that, the rest of it works out naturally. There's an interesting concept in Christian theology, and I think it applies here. It's in the text that we read this morning, where Paul is writing to the church at Philippi, and he says to them, he wants them to have the mind of Christ, who, quote, "...though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself." Taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient even unto death. Early Christian thinkers picked up on that word emptied, which is the verb of the Greek noun kenosis. They believed that the kenosis of Jesus was important theologically. This self-emptying, that even even though Jesus was equal to God, he emptied himself of what he had a right to be in an act of humility and love for humanity. So like God, who withdrew God's self at the beginning of time to make space for creation here we have Jesus contracting his God self to make space for him to become human, even though doing so would mean he would know great suffering. And so both of these examples tell us, first of all, something about the generosity of the heart of God. They tell us this is the nature, this is the character of the holy. And as Christians, we are invited to participate in this holy generosity. We are invited into our own kenosis, our own self-emptying. In fact, this is the path to our freedom, what I would say is a path to salvation. First, by emptying ourselves of the constant chatter and distraction of the world by making space for silence and prayer where we can be filled up with the presence of God. And in that silence, that's where we learn to let go of our shallow ego identity, where we stop trying to prop up this image of ourselves that can't ever stand on its own because it didn't come from God. We let this false self die to make room for our true self in Christ so that we can say with Paul, I have been crucified with Christ and it is not I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. This is our journey. I suppose... All of this seems pretty far removed from construction projects and church buildings. But I guess all I'm trying to say is this. That part of why it matters to make beautiful, welcoming spaces in church is because in them we make beautiful, welcoming space in our own hearts. And we learn to make beautiful, welcoming spaciousness for others. So I want to end today by inviting you to sit in this beautiful welcoming space in the silence of it for just a moment and see if you can call to mind someone in your past who gave you the gift of seeing you just for who you are and accepted you just for who you are might have been a coach or a grandparent or a friend. And just rest in the gift of that and maybe thank them for that. And then consider if there might be someone in your life now that God is nudging you to give that same gift of seeing them and loving them just as they are.